Really like this thing, and starting to make him like clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on, 200 to go, Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot, Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen elected at a quarter, Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back then, but this bike might be pretty smart, I think. G'day legends, welcome back to another massive episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick, joined by the man himself, Jackson. Brother, how's things? GF week, mate. I am up and about. Up and about, mate. Like, what a time to be alive. What a week to be a punter. It's not just Derby Day, mate. It's the, the Tuesday after that, the Thursday, and the following Saturday. So, mate, I am up and about. It is the spring carnival. It's well and truly here. Um, we've obviously had some massive weeks um, coming to this mm. as well. Um, but realistically, this is this this week here of, across the four meetings. This is where the best horses usually come to fruition, and we did see on the weekend the best horse come to fruition as well. Um, I think we're going to touch on a few races from the weekend. Obviously, from a second again point of view, fantastic day. Um, I think we tipped seven winners on the podcast, yep. and we covered only the ten or eleven races. So it's a bloody good day for us. Yep. Um, let's chat Cox Plate. Mm. So first of all, we we did have a bit of a laugh while we were discussing the Cox Plate, and we said, can we say it? Can we say that this bloke is the M-word? Turns out, he was. Look, he was. He didn't win like the M-word, and I'm still not going to allow myself to say that, and thanks for pulling me up uh, last (laughs) week. But he's just a freak horse. He's a freak talent. We couldn't find another bet in the race outside of I'm Thunderstruck for the place. We couldn't find another win bet in the race. And when the race is of that quality... To only find one horse to back for the win, you know it's a super, super horse. And um, better threw up twenty one dollars for the for the win and just got hammered. So I don't know what what went on in the offices up there, but they got cleaned out. They got too. cleaned out, and they've got some more promos coming up over the next few days as well. So they could be in liquidation uh, come next Saturday. But good luck to them. But Animo was just too good in the end. I thought the run of Iron Thunderstruck was super. They're going to drop him back to the mile now, so I've been told. So I've heard the same. I that's heard the huge same. for me because I've always thought he's better at a mile. He's proven me wrong at two thousand. Don't get me wrong. Yep. He's proven me wrong, but I still think his absolute pet trip is the mile. I'm very excited for him to get back to that trip at Flemington, his own track. That's that's where he makes his bread and butter. Is that Flemington mile? He's going to be all over it, and he might be one of the bets of the springs in a, in. Uh, What's that, 10 days or 11 days from now? Uh, it's unbelievable what, he, what he's been able to do this preparation. He's obviously been up for five runs as well, um, leading into another massive race. Uh, obviously, they had the choice of the McKinnon or um, well, the old McKinnon. It's now mm. called the Champion Stakes and then the mile race as well. Mm. I agree. I think he's more brilliant over 1,600. Um, he seems to match motors better with those horses and just puts them away with yeah. his big sprint. Just maintains that turn of foot because he's pretty much unmatched in that standpoint the last four 600 in a race over the mile no one can match him our two tips for the race were essentially Animo to win and we said that I'm Thunderstruck was a ridiculous price mm. and he's paid three dollars the place in the end as well so huge if you'd listened in hopefully you've cashed in mm. I'd, I'd find it very hard to believe if you didn't <laughs> um, the, of the other brig- beaten brigade you've got El Bodigan first run mm. in Australia let's just this horse has come over 
as a three, four-year-old, new trainer, new surroundings, new environment, hardest track maybe in the world to run around when yeah. you haven't had a look at it yeah. and run a really good race. Yeah, it's never easy to travel over from anywhere, let alone UK, on a 20-hour flight for horses. Like horses that need space and to be able to move around, it's never easy. So you have to respect that run. The market kept him rock solid safe, didn't they? They, they knew something. And that was the, you know, played out in the end that it was six or five fifty or six dollars in the end. Six dollars it jumped, yeah. Rock hard second second pick in the market behind Animo and ran right up to his mark. So I wonder if they're staying and they're, they're kicking on. Normally once they come over and Waller gets his hands on them, they do stay. Yep. So interested to see where that horse can go. We see another Raider this weekend, which we'll get towards mm. um, at the end of the podcast. But just want to cover off a few of our other best bets. Obviously, Kote came out and did exactly what we thought he might do. Yep. Willinger Beast came out of the race uh, the night oh. before, and it was just good night from there. This oh. horse drifted from 220 out to 380. Stupid. I just kept backing it. Oh, <laughs> just yeah, just backing it at intervals. You just watch the fluctuations <laughs> and then just go bang, 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 just follow it. What but was the thought pattern there from the bookies? Talking back to our episode, I, I couldn't tell you the thought pattern of the bookies. It's the same as you know when I mentioned better before. I've got no idea what goes through their heads sometimes, but... Just specifically for this race, Willinga Beast came out. That was my top pick. And I said, Kote is literally the only other horse that I can back. There's no other fillies in the race that are in form. Kote was your best. Spelled danger. Bang. And we just went massive. So, mate, I hope the punters have followed us in again. For sure. Looks like a smart horse. Tommy Berry did say, as I mentioned last week, this is group quality. And he definitely showed that he he could potentially have that. Mm. Um, Now, you all but declared this thing as well. Uh, Francesco Guardi. Talk about just a... I think you sent me a text message, and I don't want to take away from the story. <laughs> Jackson sent me a text message moments after the race and said, Tab paid me out of the 200. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to be honest, when they went around the, co- the corner at the valley, this horse was just, it, it had the race won so far out. Yep. $4.20, like... Yeah. I've just cracked the scotch for this one, Ned. Bang. For this episode. So <laughs> I said before, and I think word for word after we'd talked about... Um, or sorry, the, in the podcast last week, word for word, Jacko Laurie's having a bit on, and I said I'll be moving a bit of furniture around. So <laughs> that's what ended up happening on the day. That was one of the big plays on the day. I thought $4.20 was just the wrong price. It was the wrong price for a horse that was certainly looking for that trip, and you had no question marks around it. That's half the battle in these staying trips. Sure the horses that you know will run out that distance. So he was a moral at the end of the day, and I wish I would have said the M word back then. Maybe, Anima, I'm glad you held me back, but I wish I would have said moral because $4.20 was the wrong price. He only jumped at about three eighty in the end, which was not far off his mark. Oh, the, the race was over at the two fifty when J-Max circled him. Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> to the liking of a lot of our punters, I've actually heard that there's some people that only listen in because of this segment. That's what I've heard about the segment. <laughs> We are back upright with yep. the best Western, yep. and it was an absolutely stylish win oh. from a very classy three-year-old. Ascot played disgusting on the weekend for leaders. I know they've had a, a long layoff, and they've been back for the last couple of weeks, but it was terrible leaders' bias. It was horrific. Amelia's Jewel only sat a couple lengths off them, had to wait to sort of peel off heels, but the first two in the market had gone. Chris Parnham's mount was off and gone, and she's just too classy at the end of the day. She just picked them up. 240 into $1.80 on the jump. She was tipped at 240 Can I just remind the punters again? Mate, we're coming back again for more chocolates this week, and we've got something in the kitty ready to go. We love the Best Western, and we hope you guys do too. It's one of my favourite segments, as you can tell. As we get to the end of the podcast, we always give a nice preview and a nice push to a horse over on the gravel. Um, I want to chat something to you. This is I was 
thinking about this on the car ride over here, yep. it is non-racing related. So just a pre... I, I didn't give you a pre-warn for this question. Right I've got a haircut this afternoon, <laughs> if you can't tell. It's as sharp as they come. I don't like them sharp. I usually like a little bit, you know, not too tidy, a little bit messy. Leave a bit to imagination. I do know that five days' time it comes around. <laughs> tell me about what sort of experience you like when you go to the barber. Well, I'm... From an Italian family, so any Italian family, there's a hairdresser in there. So my auntie's a hairdresser, and you can't get her to shut up. I'm sitting there going oh. through the form, and I, Daniela, I love you to death. You're the best. You you could talk underwater, honestly. She she could talk the leg off a chair. So <laughs> I reckon I haven't experienced that. You know, public hairdressers, but I reckon you wouldn't get them to shut up. Well, I'm so glad that you've come up with this point because. I want to give a massive shout out to my barber, who I don't know the name of because that's, that's straight to my point. That is the point here. I want to shout out this guy. Wow. I walk in. I sit down in the chair. He looks at me. He points. He summons me to his throne. Mm. I sit down. I tell him I want my wonderful taper, tie up the top, and just a little bit of length off would be great. He nods his head. He works away for half an hour. We do not speak one <laughs> word to each other. I shake his hand, I tap my card and I walk out and it is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you want. It's supposed to be therapy. therapy. It's supposed to go when you don't want to make a conversation with somebody that you see once a fortnight, like only to get your hair chopped off. Like That's the only reason you're seeing these people. And as a bloke, we don't get our nails done. We don't get our eyes done. We don't no. do makeup. We, no. It's a haircut every and that, three weeks. if there's any blokes out there that are doing that, that's fine. Oh. That's perfectly fine. Rip in. Do you think? Get involved. Do you think? Get involved. <laughs> um, plans for the weekend? I'm there, mate. You there? I'll, I'll be within striking distance of a Furphy, and I'll be on track at Flemington Parade oh. Lounge. A Mark Murphy. Yep, correct. Ocean Murphy. Um, I'll be over there. I'm on a flight at 6.45 tomorrow, so... If anyone's down at Flemington over the weekend, I know you're at Rose Hill, so we've got two tracks covered again. Come see us, guys. Just flick us a message, say where you boys at, and we'll come see you and hopefully find some chocolates. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend ahead, and the best thing is we're going to dissect the entire card at Flemington, so we've obviously got nine races there, um, which is just packed full of quality. It's all group races, threes, twos, and three group one races as mm. highlights of the card. Mm. And we're also going to cover three races in Sydney. They've obviously got the $10 million Golden Eagle now, which has just become a massive race for four-year-olds and a really good opportunity to collect some prize money. Yeah. Let's kick it off, race one, Flemington. On Flemington, before we kick off the dissection of the card, what do you think about them moving that mile race, the Cantala? I know the Golden Eagle might have something to do with it, but what do you think about them fucking that off to next Saturday? I love that you've asked me this. It was one of the questions I had written down. I'm bitterly disappointed by it. Yeah. It takes another 16 horses full of quality out of this race. Mm. I don't know if they've done it with the Golden Eagle as a thing, Obviously, that's a 1,500-metre race in Sydney that is really hard to compete with prize money. Worth wise. triple the prize money. Triple. Of a Group 1, and Golden Eagle's just a made-up race, and it's worth 10. So maybe the hope is that by moving it to Stakes Day, they then have their three Group 1s on the final day of the carnival as this Champions Day that they're making it out to be. Then the five or six horses that want to back up from there come down to Melbourne. That's okay. the only thing that I could say, yep. but I am disappointed because there was something about the four group ones. That... Four group ones and only black type group racing was always the draw card for um, Derby Day, but it's still an exceptional card, don't get me wrong. I'm just a little bit flat from that standpoint. I think it's just a big tip of the hat to 
the big fella. He just landies. undefeated, undisputed. He's got it all locked up. Can't compete with him. Look, Flemington, we're going to be racing on a soft seven. We haven't been at headquarters for a few weeks. It's obviously moved through the Caulfield um, Carnival, which is the Caulfield Cup Carnival through the Guineas races um, and the Caulfield Cup. And then they had the Mooney Valley Carnival through the Manicato and the Mooney Valley, um, obviously the special race in the Cox Plate. We're now back at headquarters for four meetings across seven days. The job that these track curators do with this with this event and, and this four days is just exceptional. So, yeah. you know, the track's going to race evenly no matter what that they throw up. It's looking like a soft seven at the moment. Is that yeah. what you're working on? So they've got it rated soft six at the moment. Uh, I think they might have just downgraded it today. I believe they had two mils today. They might have up to three mils tomorrow and lightning off for Saturday. So you'd at least expect it to say soft seven range. Just on the rail, obviously goes back to true. Uh, it was plus nine on Turnbull Day, and that was earlier this month. So they've had a good four weeks in between. You'd think the track would play perfectly even. Race number one, we kick it off. It's the Carbine Club Stakes. It's for the three-year-olds, and it's traditionally a really good race. And some former winners of this race, Fangirl and the likes. So always a quality race. Um, over 1600 so race one we've got Pungo top of the market is $3.40 with Tijuana is four twenty. the fortune teller's there for Johnny Allen at $8 Elkington Road is eight fifty with Sandpaper at 9s as well as what a deal and then we've got $21 and more for the rest so Raidenier is 21s Liberty Steps is 23s Lindemann 34s and there's a couple more there 41s and more. Lincoln Square to roll forward. Redina not too far away. Lindemann for Chris Waller will be close from that middle barrier. And Pungo also for Chris Waller, the favourite, has drawn the pole. And you'd expect J-Mac to be positive from there. Elkington Road, big story drawn wide. They're probably not too far away as well. I'm more going to tip my cap to you for this one, Ned. I might just push the, the baton over to you because I didn't have a firm opinion on the day. In terms of a punting mindset, what I'm doing with this race is, number one, trying to get what I can out of the track pattern. Mm -hmm. Firstly, see how the track's playing, see if horses that I think handle the ground can still get through this. Um, And then obviously just seeing what the market will do with a couple of key runners here. But you've got to touch on Pungo first. He's the one that they've identified, right? He's come straight out of a Warwick Farm maiden. And you gave me a great stat before about how Chris Waller's identified this particular part with a recent horse as well that's just come through that, who's who's a star at the moment. But I'll leave that for you. I found it really interesting that Tijuana, whose second pick in the market is a dollar more um, than the favourite Pungo, has finished less than a length off Golden Mile in the Caulfield Guineas. Pungo's won a Warwick Farm maiden, taken straight to this race up to the mile, and is rock hard in the market and clear top pick. So maybe something stinks, but I'm going to hand it over to you, mate. Uh, Pungo, so the reason that this horse is $3.40, and look, Tijuana, a length behind Golden Mile, Barclay Square's come out and frank the form, it's now favourite in a derby. Yeah. People scratching their heads about this Warwick Farm maiden. Waller's identified the race, the maiden race that it's come through as the race leading into this Carbine Club. Pungo, they've said, no, we're not going to run it in any of the massive three-year-old races throughout the spring, we're just going to hold off and we're going to get a kill in the Carbine and save this horse for the autumn exactly what they did with a horse called Fangirl and she's ended up being a really really good horse for the stable obviously this preparation probably hasn't been at her best but that's just due to the wet ground she hasn't found a dry track Pungo's won this maiden by three lengths Fangirl did it in a similar fashion and they brought her to this race and she demolished a field in the race one last year in the Carbine Club she did yeah Pungo just maps perfectly for this race 
it's a it's a it's an on pace horse as well. Yep. Races on the speed and gets gate one at McDonald. Mm. I'm all over this thing. This is yep. one of my better bets for the day. Yeah, and even the way it was backed second up in its only its second start was massive. It didn't actually open up favourite. It opened up second favourite to another Waller horse and they just kept backing this thing into a dollar seventy, so that's a pretty good sign. I think it'll be winning and I am really confident um, on race one there. Race two, it's over 2,500. It's the Lexus Archer Stakes. It's some horses need to win this race. Um, some horses are having a little bit of a trial run um, before their Melbourne Cup campaign. Um, look, top of the market, Surefire, obviously coming out of a Geelong Cup second. Mm. Ran around favourite that day as well, and it stays favourite here, $4. Macram's fives with Allegra on at six. Realm of Flowers, also $6. Interpretation is $9.50. Then you go to 20s. So we've got Great House at 20s with Serpentine as well. King of the Castle, Chapada and Charbot are both 27s. Paternal 31, Crystal Pegasus is 41 with Warning, Wycliffe and True Marvel all 100 plus. Serpentine rolls forward and looks to actually get the lead on its own. I expect Interpretation is drawn alongside it to roll across and potentially sit just outside its girth. So they're the first two in running for me. Chabau showed a bit of speed in that Geelong Cup the other day and probably rolls forward from that middle barrier. True Marvel not too far away. The rest sort of, you know, get back and find their spot. So I don't anticipate a lot of speed for 2,500. It could be a bit of a waltz or Serpentine might just break away and just see, if, you know, catch me if you can, tactics at the big price. Interesting race. This is probably one where I am looking to play. Um, it's the first sort of race where you can, you're not too concerned with the track pattern because I spoke about this earlier in the podcast. 2,500 or anything above 2,000 metres, you've got to be confident in those horses to get the trip yep. and half of them just don't. A horse that I definitely know is going to get the trip. He was huge in the Metrop the other day. was Realm of Flowers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely massive run. Beat home Durston, the subsequent Caulfield Cup winner. And also beat home Stockman, who also went out and won the next start as well. He was four wide and just off the track at about the eight 900. Could not get a spot. Had to just sustain the long run. Looked gone at the 400, then picked himself up again for the best last 200 of that race. Massive win, no compromise was the and Ladon de V were the were the Quinella in that race and he was like a neck off them. Massive run for me. Turns up at six dollars here or six fifty depending where you're playing. No question marks around the trip. He's a winner over twenty eight hundred. He drops back in class here and I think he's very very hard to beat. I don't think he has to be too far off them. I know it's not a great draw, but if he can just find that three wide trail and find some sort of cover. If he, if he can't, if he's wide like he was last time, it might not be the end of the world because he might just be too good. So he's the one I definitely want to have something on. And of course, I'm respecting Surefire. I'm just not sure about that Geelong Cup form. I thought between him and Interpretation, they were the other two I wanted to take out. Interpretation was just ridden upside down in that Geelong Cup. He's not a horse that should be going forward. Yep. I think riding with cover, getting midfield and giving him his chance, especially from that middle barrier now, I think he can bounce back going back to Flemington. He's the main danger. I echo your thoughts on Realm of Flowers. I thought it was a super run in the Metrop as well. Um, it's not my top pick in the race. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Surefire here. I've just landed on this horse. I thought the Geelong Cup run had some merit, and I think stepping up to 2,500 will suit this horse down to the ground. Mm. You've obviously got the J-Mac and Waller factor. I think does have a touch of class on this field. There's an, It's an okay field. like Realistically, it's not too bad of a yep. field, these top four or five in the market, but... I just think $4 is a reasonable price for Surefire coming into this race. Mm. Race three, we're moving to 1,200 metres. Um, it is the Paramount Rising Fast Stakes. Um, yeah, we've got Generation, top of the market, $4.40. Triple, triple Missile is there at $5.50. Gravina at nines. 
General Bow, $10 with Jamea at 11s as well as Argentia. The Astrologist is 12s with Curran as well. Serious Suspect is $14 with Melba, Storm, Bow, Rossa, Superium. Then you got Ocean Beyond and Shakira rounding them out at around that $35 shot. I see three main pace influences here. Serious Suspect, Generation and The Astrologist. All three of them have drawn alongside each other. They're two, three and four barriers wise. Interested to see who's going to be real aggressive. I think of the three of them, Serious Suspect is going to be the one that's really going to pour the pressure on, and the other two might just be happy to be dictated to a little bit. As far as a bet here, what I'm doing, Ned, I'm going with the astrologist. I know I've bagged him before. I know some would say I might be going back on my word here, but I've only potted this horse when he's gone up to Group 1 company in rock-solid races, and you look at the horses he's been beaten by, Bella Nipatina, Private Eye, Baller, you know, like these are rock solid Group One performers that he's just not up to him. Mm. Dropping back in class now to a moderate race and getting back to that straight six at Flemington, which we know he loves. He absolutely trusts his horse up the straight. He's eight starts for two, two, and two, so two wins, two seconds, and two thirds up this trip. So absolutely no question marks about handling this straight. I look further down the page. There's not much straight track form. I was going to say, it is really important to have straight track form. It's such a different style of It's race. foreign. It's foreign for a lot of horses. Horses, it's so natural for them to go around a bend if that's all they know. Whereas this horse has been up the straight many times. He's well performed and ran super in a new market, mind you, which that's, doesn't get spoken about enough. I'm just starting to come around to that form as well, as you can see. The but new market. The new market. Just starting to come around <laughs> to the new market form. But I think he's a bet here at 12 bucks, and I think he's about 370 360 the place. He was excellent last time out, or or second up, I should say, behind Private Eye. Last time out, he was snag wide and just could not get a spot, run off his legs a little bit. Absolute forgive for mine. That was also group one level at at 1,200 over the the Manicato trip. So he's on the quick backup, gets back to Flemington, which he loves. I think he's an excellent bet here because I look down the page and I don't see anyone that would like the straight. Look, there's certainly no Bellini Patinas or Best of Bordeaux in this race. I'm not going to say that much. Um, I understand your thoughts there. Look, I'm going to take on Generation here. I'm, oh, he's a horse we've got time for. Yeah. I think it's just... it's There's enough value around to play some others. I think he's had his chance as well, Generation. He's had his chance to get that kill. For sure. I'm going to play two. They both come out of the same race. So Triple Missile is the first one. It has been more, more well found than I thought. I probably had it marked around this price, maybe $5. It's now five fifty six, but it's been some seriously good money for it just consistently over the last few days. Yep. The horse missed the kick by three lengths, and that was in behind Gravina that day at Caulfield. Um, there were a couple of good horses in behind there as well. we got the winner in Zethus. Um, Gravina's obviously come out and won. This horse ran fourth in behind them. Mm. Missed the start that day, had to obviously be back last, came down the outside and performed really, really well. And its last closing sectionals obviously peaked on the run late, but when you're trying to make up that much ground, it's actually understandable. Look, $5.50, you don't get any favours. I thought it might have been one that um, the agencies had missed. Mm. I think it's still a play. Yeah. And I'm also going to go with the winner in that race, which is Gravina. Look, you know she handles the soft ground, and I think that's a massive plus for, for her. We're, we're dealing with a soft seven. It could be worse. Like, who knows? If the yeah. rain comes that they're talking about, yeah. it could be worse. Her win had full was full of merit. There were a few winners in behind her as well that have won in the last month or so. Mm. I think Gravina is nice price at nine dollars, so I'm going to play the two triple missile and Gravina. Well, just on triple missile as well. Yes, it's drawn wide, and yes, it is a horse that has a negative racing pattern. You would say it gets back. It's not necessarily a negative when you go up the straight at Flemington because horses fan out. And instead of being six or seven lengths off the leaders, you might be three or four and you're within the striking distance and it's just that elastic band of 
within five lengths of the leaders and you might be bang ready to go absolutely and gets a nice little weight drop too dropped three kilos from its run in that gravina race so does appear to shape up really nicely for the horse yeah 2000 meters is race four it's the wakeful it's often a lead up into the oaks look i'm gonna be honest before we go through this race nightmare nightmare race to go through i yeah let's just go through it from market order perspective Jenny Jerome's top of the market from gate 14 is $4.20. As time goes by, is $4.60 with Pavitra at sevens. So dazzling nines. Then we got um, fifth, double figures for the rest. So Zenzella is tens. Queen Air tens as well. Wakamana is fifteens. Let's be Frank Baby twenties. Macrana is twenties with Whispering Wait, Whispering Lady. Thinking Rain thirty fives. Grey Northern and there's a couple there at a hundred plus. Thinking Rain draw the widest goes forward. Pavitra with J Par on draw number two. They won't be too far away. Let's be Frank Baby uh, should be positive as well. Not too much speed outside of them. I think as time goes by, might be able to boot up and use that inside barrier as well. They've drawn the fence. So they're probably the first four I've gotten running. You touched on it before, Ned. This is a nightmare race. Oh, Genuine nightmare race. Sickening. Like You're looking at fillies that are not in form. They're not even running top three or four in most of their races if they've been up to a half-decent class. Like, I look at the top weight here and favourite, Jenny Jerome. I know Frosty's book, very positive booking. People are talking about, oh, I was doing good, good work through the line in that 1,000 guineas. She was really good. First of all, it's a wet track, and they all fanned off the, off the track. So absolutely no guide at all for me. But second of all, she wasn't going through the line that strongly for me anyway. I didn't think so either. And I'm not potting the horse. I just couldn't get any guide from that race at all. So to now take $4 for her now was a no-go for me. I am not interested at that price. The only one that I was half interested in, and not saying that I'm sticking my neck out for this at all, is the Zenzella. Yep. That Zenzella thing for um, J-Mac is now on for Kira Mara and Eustace. So top jockey, top training um, duo. They've got to be paid some level of respect in this race. The query is going from synthetic to wet track turf, which is a massive query and it's genuine. But the way they quickened off that 1600 metre trip at the 300 put the race to bed. And I know it beat absolutely nothing, but it does look like a horse that can progress. And interesting to see they've kept it in the market. For sure. I think $10 is probably a nice each way play if you are looking to have a play in the race. The other one that I could give a slight push to is Pavitra. Um, it's around that $7 mark. Look, it's coming out of a race. It ran third in behind Renaissance Woman, who obviously ran in the spring champion on the weekend and ran okay. Yep. I think it was back in the field, but ran okay and is also coming through some zoo gotcha and she's, she's extreme form lines through the T-Rows. So yep. ran fifth in behind them. I can give a slight push to the, both those two runners, but for me, genuine, genuine no best. Staying well out. Absolutely well out. It's probably lunchtime around then, actually. It's going to be around your 2.30 mark. So go have something to eat. Yep. Have a little breather. There might be a race on at Rose Hill, but try and, you know, just take in the day. Mm. 1,400, Tab Lynn Lithgow Stakes. It's a nice race. They've put a good field together here. Turath, top of the market, $4.40 with Old Flame, $5. Interesting to see that market's flipped. Mm. So when we were talking just prior to airing tonight... That market has completely flipped the switch. So Jimmy the Bear's there at sevens with Pride of Jenny as well. Lord Vladdestock is 10. Sinawan 12s. Ironclad is 15s with Crosshaven at 16s. The Inferno finds himself here again is $18. Poland Catalyst, they're both 23s. Streets of Avalon, Wild Planet and Wicklow Town are $51 and more. Pride of Jenny drawn the pole goes forward. Crosshaven and Streets of Avalon also shown speed. Both of them now up to 1400 so they can definitely settle closer. And Turaf, the one that I am very keen on, and I oh, know yes. you want a piece of it as well, oh, yes. maps absolutely beautifully for William Buick. Just absolutely beautifully. 
Jimmy the Bear, not too far away, but I heard they're going to Sydney with him. He's dual accepted for one of the races over there. That's what I'm hearing. He's in the market here. He's around 7.58 at the moment. That might have a pretty big impact on what final prices we get. But I hope they keep him here. I don't know if they've scratched already, but let's wait and see. I touched on Tiraf. Ned, up to 1,400 is absolutely perfect for this horse. No luck at all first up. Then went to, uh, was it Bendigo or Geelong second up? Was Geelong. Geelong. In a black pearl race, so still a black type race, but inferior form to this. Still didn't have the fitness base that it needed to. Now gets that fitness base, but still got the kill. Yes, it was given an absolute peach by Frosty, but it was still on the inferior ground on the inside and still held off uh, Jump the Broom, who's a pretty handy type for the Hawks. So beat that home that day. You get a half decent price. I had 480 written down when I was doing the form. Now been backed into 440. I think the market's just starting to get it right now. I don't think Old Flame should have been favourite. I just think that horse wasn't doing enough last time. And yes, it was unlucky. Just wasn't doing enough for mine and probably wasn't going to beat Cardinal Gem anyway. But Tura for me is a bet at 440. Excellent jockey bo- booking of William Buick. I know you've got an opinion of him as a jockey. He's one of the big guns over there in the UK. Drawn perfectly, sits behind a half-decent speed, up to 1,400. I see absolutely no question marks about this horse. Loves a soft deck, loves the distance range. I'm all over this thing. For sure. Um, anyone doing the form and having a look through and thinking, who the heck is W. Buick? Mm. Um, he is genuinely top two or three over in England, probably top five in the world. Um, he rides predominantly for Godolphin over there, and he's just a super, super jockey. I, you shouldn't compare anyone to J-Mac over here, but it's genuinely their J-Mac. He's, okay. he's the one that they give the best rides to. He's he's a superstar. So, you know, you're getting a lot out of him. Look, oh, oh, and Jimmy the Bear as well. Mm. That's the Golden Eagle that he's dual accepted for. Sure. And there's a not notified jockey. So you'd have to interesting. think he's probably coming here. Interesting. Is, interesting. Is, um, he, is he emergency for the Golden Eagle or is he, is he um, sort of... Let me have a look. Is he just sort of in there to have a throw at the stumps, or is he genuinely in the field? That's probably what I want to know, because... Uh, he's number 22, so he's... So he's emergency. So if he comes here, then you still get the price for Turath, all the better. Exactly right. Um, the horse you mentioned, Turath, this just looks like a perfect race for her. I had I didn't back her um, at Geelong. I was with a horse called Catalan, who let me down a little bit. I thought Janak was probably a little bit pretty on that horse that day. Not that I'm salty. Um, Turath, stepping up to 1,400. This is absolutely her go. Um, I don't think that... I think this field has some quality in it, but I think that she's a group one quality sort of mare. I really do. I actually thought that she'd be an Empire Rose sort of horse. Mm. They've chosen a sticker to 1,400 metres. This looks like a nice kill for her. Old Flame is second in the market. It's a horse that I have an opinion of. Unfortunately, just... The runs just haven't happened for her. Mm. Obviously, first and second up, she was super. Third up, she had that run at Caulfield and she was caught in behind traffic. I just don't know if she's going to be able to match Turath over 1,400 and the market's starting to agree with that as well. Yep. Turath's now favourite, so I'm with it as well. Pretty keen. Yep, all in, boys. Race six, it's our first of our group ones and this is where you really start to get the tingle in the nipples. Um, <laughs> the 1,200-metre Coolmore Stud Stakes. I don't know about you, but I've had a really good run with this race in previous years. What I keep thinking of whenever I think of this race is the last time I was down in Melbourne for Cup Week, pre-COVID and just sunny days, happy days, was fucking Exceedance. Oh, Exceedance, Speedy oh, Bivouac. Good Lord. Dwayne Dunn was on that day and he since retired. He was an awesome jockey, very underrated, but oh God, Exceedance, 360 or 370, something stupid they put up for that horse. Every time I see the Coolmore start, I think of that. 
you know, recent years, Home Affairs was a monster win. Three lengths. Absolutely monster win. September run, monster win. I don't think I've had a loss in this race, Ned. I've had one loss in this race. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll enlighten you on that. So up after this, I well, the, I backed Merchant Navy, $21. That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. I had a loss in this race at my first Derby Day experience. Zusane. Oh. Got knocked off by the Philly sunlight. J-Mac, mm. again, trying to be super, super pretty with the ride and just Zusane didn't get there. Mm. And then the last three years, I've backed all the winners that you've mentioned. So it's been a race where I've had some nice form leading into it. So you could say that I'm sixth up um, and <laughs> ready to peak. And peaking. Ready to peak for the run. It is a very tough race, but I love that it's a tough race because it means we've got some seriously good animals running around. The Coolmore start. Top of the market, in secret, $3.60. Jack and O coming from an Everest is $5.50. Buenos Noches is $7.50. Cool and Gatter, scratch from the Manicado due to conditions, is 8 Grand Impact. Again, fear the unbeaten horse. Always, We always. love that comment, but yeah. uh, $9. So kept reasonably safe in the market. That's for pricing Kent Jr. Economics is there at 13s. Best of Bordeaux backing up from the weekend is 19s as well. So Jardins, 23. Lofty Strike, 23. Natuno, 27, coming from Sydney. Queen of the Ball, 34. Cess Magic, mm. 51s. Meridius, Dual, 67s. And then Buse, Great Barrier Reef, and Custodian are 126. Good speed engaged here, Ned. And complete opposite to that third, was third or second, third race on the card that was also up the straight, where all the pace influences were drawn next to each other. So that race will definitely be everyone huddling up in the same group. There could be a split here, Ned. And it's split into three. And we know what happens when they split. It's chaos. It's absolute chaos. But in terms of the main pace influences, you've got Grand Impact, that unbeaten horse that you mentioned before, has drawn the pole. Custodian and Duel also show a lot of speed. They're just outside of it, so those three will pair off and go together. Queen of the Ball drawn up the middle, so that could be your second pack. And then you've got Best of Bordeaux way out on the fence, who's drawn the absolute widest, with Cool and Gatter also drawn wide as well. We could easily end up with three packs, as it you say. Be seven different races on here. <laughs> you. You might not know where to look at the 400. Poor old Matt Hill. Matt Hill's going to have a nightmare, but he's the best in the business, so he'll be fine. Uh, they're the main speed influences. The rest sort of get back. I just think there's too much hot speed in this race, Ned. I want to be, uh, first of all, I want to be off the fence, and second of all, I want to be back in running. I just want to be called up at the 500, just conserving all my energy and waiting to peel off heels and just go bang. Mm-hmm. I know you're keen on one on speed, but there's going to be two that I'm backing. Yep. Number one, why is Bonus not just $8.58? Cannot comprehend it. I haven't worked it out because he's finished a lip-off giga kick last start, the very start before he then goes and wins the Everest, and wins it comfortably in the end. Like, let's be honest, he won that dominantly. Actually, he's down. Like, fucking Willow was posing for the cameras going over the post in the okay. Everest. <laughs> Another unbeaten horse that we touched on, but... Bonus not just last start, has paired off with him, almost nailed him, always been safe for this race as well. They're yet to test him at the 1,200 metres, so we haven't seen the best of this horse, and I can't work out how he's $8.850 in this race. Is there something in the look of the horse, <laughs> the colours, the trainer, the, trainer, the jockey? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that part? Like, you know how we talk I, about I the think so. tax? Like, Definitely. That's what I was going to say. You get tax for big-time, big top-line jockeys. Same with trainers as well. You get that tax. You're getting overs for this horse simply because nobody knows who the jockey is. We know he is, but nobody <laughs> knows Froggy and, and I think back to Artorius last time he was up the straight and oh, I saw him on something, but we'll leave it there. Um, people don't know him and people, 
you know, most people don't know the trainer. So therefore, you get a higher price for him. I'm happy to take it, mate. I think he's sure. an excellent price. He's got Swiss Exile form, which is what you want. It's now the Everest form as well. So he's going to he's gonna be off their backs, just peeling off, ready to go, bang, straight past them. Drawn wide as well. I think it's a perfect setup for him up to 1,200 for the first time. He's ready to peak. I have to pay some level of respect to Jackano as well. I just think he's he's got to be rock hard in the market. I know they've kept him safe at around $5, five you know, five fifty sixes, but he definitely wants longer than twelve hundred. But this type of race here, where there's speed on, might emulate thirteen, fourteen hundred anyway. Mm-hmm. He's got straight line speed, which we know. Picked up in secret in that Golden Rose over fourteen hundred. He's a superstar horse. What I, my main concern is, and it's it's purely just sort of um, you know semantics, but they've they've bought him out and they've changed colours. <laughs> you you really believe in this theory, don't you? I've never, in my career punting, Ned, I've never seen a horse change colours, be bought out, and then go on and do amazing things, especially after winning a grand final. But he was super in the Everest, colours and, and, you know, owners aside. He was super in the Everest, acquitted himself super well at 1,200. So even though it's not his best trip, he can come out and win this. It's such an intriguing race. I just want to make mention, I'm not tipping it and Jackson's not, but if you do like in secret... I'm not going to turn you off it. Like, if, if it's a horse that you want to be with, I think 1,200 metres, a strong 1,200 metres with a little bit of soft ground around, I think she is going to be well suited. I'm not with it. It's not a bet for me. Jackano, the soft ground worries me for this horse. I think he likes being on top of the ground a little bit more, but I do agree. I think him and Buenos Notchos, they're the two horses that get the run of the race. Like, you look at Cool and Gata, Best of Bordeaux, Economics, they've drawn 13, 14, and 17. Their speed, Jack and Omar just tuck him behind. They're going to drag them straight into the race, both of those runners. Out of the two, I'm with Buenos Noches. I think $7.50 is a fair price. This is the only horse in the race, maybe not the only, but the only horse in the market that has actually targeted this race as their grand final for the spring. You look at in secret, Jack and o, Golden Rose. And the the other thing about Buenos Noches as well, the only other horses that have seen the straight track is Great Barrier Reef, which it beat last start, and Duel, which it beat last start. You look down the page and find me one other horse that's been up the straight. Such a big advantage. You got In Secret and Jack and O both went to a Golden Rose. That's yep. their grand final. Yep. Jack and O goes to the Everest as well. This is a third afterthought. Yep. Cool and Gatter get scratched from Manicato. Real worries. Grand Impact, I question whether quite up to this class. Yep. Then you got Best of Bordeaux. Like they, they haven't even picked a grand final. For afterthought, this horse. quick backup. Um, there's genuine intent here from Buenos Nachos and Matt Smith, so I'm I'm playing seven dollars oh, fifty. Yeah. I think two dollars seventy as a place bet is a gun oh, bet. Oh, that's ridiculous! I think it is such a nice bet at two dollars seventy the place. I know I mentioned before that this horse has been up for a while and the targets have ch- switched and changed, but best of Bordeaux, I cannot let this horse run around at nineteen dollars. The horse regs quality; it goes well on soft ground. Um, Casey Fogden's obviously recognised that the backup is is a plan that works for this horse. It backed up last preparation, um, I believe, into a golden slipper and ran obviously super a super second. Um, yeah, it's it's my each way play, but I'm really keen on Buenos Notches. If you're having a play and you're not sure what to back in this race, it's your thirty a win, seventy a place Buenos Notches. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and thirty percent, seventy percent. Might I just add, we 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 never sit here and say dollar amounts because uh, everybody's different. Everyone's got their own sort of uh, sure, sure. Uh, you know play of the game. So good luck to everyone. For sure, percentages. We'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I didn't say our percentages. Uh, Two thousand. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Two thousand five hundred meters. 
Victoria Derby, one of the stronger additions that we've seen. Yeah, this is a good one. Like, this race is realistically, since 2012, 13, 14, where you saw horses like Efficient win it. Yeah. Like, the horses go... shit. They just go nowhere. It's been shit. Johnny Get Angry came out and won it, and he probably wouldn't win a 78 at Birdsville at the moment, so... (laughs) I think he's been sent, Ned. I think he's been given his marching orders already. Okay. Yep. Okay. He's been been sent off to the peak. Well, I I can safely say... That I backed that horse in the Derby that year, which is unbelievable. So I got what I needed out of it. Yep. Look, Victoria Derby, Barclay Square, top of the market is three dollars forty for Willow. Um, obviously backing up from the weekend. As is Sharp and Smart, who is tight as well, three dollars fifty. Mister Maestro for Damien Lane and Forsman, uh, six dollars. Pericles is backing up as well, eight dollars. Miramasa, sixteens for Hita Sand, twenty threes. Manzois, twenty six. Distrustful Award is thirty ones with Grand Piero. Berardino is 41s, King's Crossing 51s, Skyfios is 61s, Fearless Knight, and oh, that's a tough one. Go, have a crack. Aberfeldy Boy, I know, nice. 81s, Lendorf is 100s with Highland Blaze. Had to mention them all. It's yep. a group one. It is a group one, and it's the it's the feature race on the day, technically. It's called Derby Day. It's called Derby Day, so technically you've got to pay respect. It's third in pecking order. Lendorf goes forward from gate one, Pericles. Only his fourth start goes forward here, and I'll, I'll come back to that horse in a bit. Highland Blaze not too far away. Aberfeldy Boy, I think that's what you nailed before. Yep. You, mate, you've nailed it yourself. Okay, there we go. Gate two <laughs> goes forward as well. Mr. Maestro, gate 17, has shown speed in the past, has been able to come across and sit in the box seat. What happens now from gate 17? Frosty's got a decision to make. It's definitely a negative for him, but if anybody's going to give that horse its chance, it's Damien Lane. Mm-hmm. So I've got to pay some level of respect to it. That's where I want to start, actually. He was there to be beat last start at Caulfield, sat last, again drew wide, just got snagged back, and Harry Coffey just said, you know what, I'm on the best horse in the race. I'll go around them. I'll go three and four wide, and I'll just whip across them, and they still couldn't beat him. And Muramasa's come out of that race as well, and is still relatively in the market. So they're paying some level of respect to that form line. So you definitely got to pay respect to that horse and again Damien Lane's on so positive booking I'll be having something on Pericles such a head scratcher you touched on that race that Johnny Get Angry won I can't remember if it was last year or the year before two years so two years okay so Johnny Get Angry won the favourite in that race was Young Werther by an absolute Country Mile was the best horse in the race $2.20 or something for a derby as well backing was there he was rock solid in the market it was also his fourth start, mm-hmm. and it all just came too soon for him. I know he'd run well on the day, but he was beaten by some shit horses. Yep. This is a stronger event in the Derby. Pericles, for me, profiles the way same, the same way as Young Werther did. So I've also got to pay some level of respect to it as well. At around the $8 mark, again, only its fourth start, so it's going to be a massive training performance, and it's going to have to be a freak horse to win. But I'll just look at the way this horse maps and the way it travelled up last start at Mooney Valley. I know it was run over the top by Barkley Square that time, but I thought he was the better run. Mm. He was up there. The rest of the on-pace runners dropped off, and he was still there bowling at the end. And he travelled around the turn and hit the line really strongly. Looked like he wanted further. Yeah, he'll park outside the lead here, and if he gets the trip, which I think he does, because he's just that half a run short, this whole prep. He's just been half a run short, so... Again, massive training performance. That's the big question mark. It's going to be a huge effort to get this horse over the line, but I've got to back it. I have to have something on along with Mr. Maestro. I am pretty strong on this. Sharp and smart on the quick backup after winning at Spring Champions. This horse covered 
eight extra metres than Elliptical did in the Spring Champion. Mm. was three wide the trip. There are about four different occasions up the straight where I thought, nah, I can't win. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't win. Yeah, it can. This horse wins. It's a winner. It's a genuine winner. And the thing that I really like about it is the way that it goes in wet ground, the way that it goes in, in good ground. You find McDonald as well. I dare say that he would have had the choice out of this Pericles, maybe even Miramasa. So yeah. that's a little bit of a push in itself. Look, it's $3.50. It's been well found, but I love the backup for this horse. Mm. I think going up to 2500 is no qualms whatsoever and hit the line super strongly. That elliptical form, if you want to talk about comparing to Barclay Square, elliptical beat Barclay Square home in a Caulfield Guineas, yep. and I would say it was hitting the line better. And you find three dollars fifty here for Sharp and Smart and Barclay Square's three forty. Yeah, and something that goes beyond the figures. I just want to touch on that because I think it's relevant here. It's definitely pertinent. In the context of a derby, Barclay Square's race that Pericles also came out of is the best rating race going into this. Mm-hmm. But one thing that goes beyond the figures, and I've touched on this before, maybe not recently, but I've touched on this before. Sharp and Smart is an absolute line chaser. It's a winner. He only does enough to win. He doesn't have to win by six, seven lengths. He just does enough, and he can only deal with the race shape that he's got. Yeah. So you have to pay huge respect. Like you say, the booking of J-Mac when he would have had options, maybe it's that, that New Zealand connection. But I remember this trainer, Rogerson, coming out and saying this horse would go towards the Cox Plate. Yeah. Pretty big raps, and I know he's been known to say a, a few outlandish things like that, but it's a pretty good sign, and that Sydney form seems to always stand up. For sure. For sure. I thought it was a pretty strong edition of the Spring Champion yeah. as well, the first yep. four or five. Um, two roughies that I don't mind as well. I'm going to steer away from Barclay Square, Mr. Maestro. I think Mr. Maestro has just drawn too awkwardly for me. I know it's over 2,500 and they usually find their positions, but I just don't know if over 2,500 you can afford to be running an extra five, 10 metres than other horses. No. That's my opinion. Miramasa, if this race was on top of the ground, I'd be really keen. It ran Mr. Maestro to within... 0.2 or 3 of a length, albeit Mr. Maestro did more work. Miramasa is genuinely crying out for 2,500. I think it's a place chance. And Manzois, it's coming out of some Sydney form as well. It ran in the spring champion on the weekend. It looked like it did nothing, and then its final two or 300 metres, it really started to knuckle down and hit the line. I think this has been the target the whole way. Waller's been given this thing prep runs. Make no mistake about it. He wasn't there to win any of those races. They're just placing him in some nice, genuine speed with some good quality around him just to get some fitness in those legs. They were all prep runs. Two knockout chances there, but I'm pretty firm on sharp and smart. Jackson, your tip for the for the race, just to make sure. Yeah, look, I, I'm backing two, but my main bet is Pericles and Mr. Maestro I'm respecting. 1,600 metres, it's our th- third of three Group 1s. It's the Tab Empire Rose. It's obviously the big mile race for the mayors for the year. Lark Creek, top of the market, Oof. comes across the border um, from New Zealand. It's already 310 into $2.50. The intent is there. Oof. J-Mac finds his former partners over there in New Zealand. She's lickety split. Another New Zealand mare, yep. funnily enough, finds 49 kilos and $7.50 in the market. Nimalee coming down from Sydney. How long has this horse been up for? $10. Polisipan's 12 with Ice Bath, I mentioned being up for a while. I actually don't even want to say this horse's name anymore. Ned, it's sick. She's a fucking chance now. Oh, you are crook. Yearning 20s. Kiss on all four cheeks with no spaces in the name is 21s. Belle Placier, 21s as well. Daisy's 23s. My Whisper, $23. Kiku, 27s. Exalita, 31s. Pride of Jenny. 
Dual acceptor as well. Huge. Is, is an acceptor huge impact. In the day. Yeah. $31 there. Elusive Express is 41s with Mirror Vision, Shayu, a tissue, and Cliff's Arts, the emergency, who I actually think has a little bit of a chance but won't mention through the podcast. Okay, fair enough. Pride of Jenny that you mentioned before, the dual acceptor, that's huge for the speed map here. Especially from gate 19. Because if she comes out, all the, the speed out of this race is gone. It, it's sucked out of the gut straight out, so it's gone. Let's say she's out because she's emergency, correct? Am I correct in saying she's emergency? Uh, or? She's, yeah, number 19 at the moment. Okay, she's already right. been too scratching, so she's in. So she's in if, if they want to go there, but they've left her in that earlier race as well. So she's a genuine speed influence over the mile. Mm-hmm. Like you say, they're going forward from that wide gate. There's absolutely no other option they have. Pelissi Part and La Creek, I'm going to come back to that horse. We're going to have a bit to say about her. Yeah. She's lickety split with 49. You'd be very, very stupid to think that they're not going forward. Like 49 kilos, why would you not be in the Just box seat? Gun. That perfect middle gate that they've got. Oh, geez, that horse stinks. And I've had a bit of an opinion of it throughout the prep. I, I think I might have backed it in that 1,000 guineas that Madame Pomery won, but they're not going to be too far away. And Nimalee, Belplessy, both of those uh, will be positive from the inside gates. Going back to La Creek, for anyone that doesn't know what this horse has done, already a Group 1 winner in, Ze- in New Zealand, loves a wet track as most of the Kiwis do, J-Mac booked straight away. I'd imagine he would have been booked for this horse, let's say, two or three months out for this race. Once they've identified this race... Sorry to butt in here, but I actually watched an interview of J-Mac during the week after his win on Animo. He said this is the ride that he's most excited for for these four days. You know who this horse reeks of, Ned? Melody Bell. Melody Bell. Absolutely reeks of Melody Bell. Just different colours, basically. This horse has got 2,100 form. It's got, a, it's got a listed, I think it might be listed a group three win over 2,100. Well performed over 2,000 metres and got that group one win at the mile. Absolutely no question marks at all about number one, the trip, and number one, the wet conditions that we're going to get on Saturday. As you said, J-Mate booked and some of the conversations around where this horse is at and to target this race coming in from New Zealand straight away is just like, fuck, it just stinks. They just... They don't bring them unless they're ready to win. Absolutely not. And she'll go forward. Big impact on Pride of Jenny what's going to happen there because they may end up leading. I don't know if I want this horse leading. I just want them to sit either outside the lead or in the box seat. That's best case scenario for me. So in my opinion, I hope Pride of Jenny stays in this race because I think that's more advantage for La Creek and J-Mac. Beautiful middle barrier. They've got more speed than pretty much everything inside it. They can whip across all of those and find the fence if they want to, if the fence, if the fence is playing well. Or J-Mac, as always, can just do what he did on Animo and just sit in the box seat and we'll just have the best horse in the race. For me, Ned, this is the best on the card. I know, wow, we're, I know, we're, not wow. getting, I know we're not getting a huge price, but the only realistic danger... And I'm looking at this race as a pretty weak addition of the Empire Rose. When you think about... Reasonably. Yeah, reasonably. when you think about past fields, I just think this is a reasonably weak addition. I know it's a capacity field as always, but second pick in the market is She's Lickety Split, well beaten last time out in a three-year-old thousand guineas. Got to respect the 49. Kids. And I love the 49. That's the danger for me. That's the only realistic yeah. danger. Like, dry track, things change, but we're definitely going to get a wet track. We know the rain's coming. That pretty much pens through a lot of runners here. She's Lickety Split seems to handle the ground, as you said, 49 kilos. The blinkers are on again this week. I thought she was a forgive run last time out behind Madame Pomery. I didn't think it was a bad run. No. And she was pretty dominant last start before. I know she was given a peach by uh, Frosty on the day, but she draws beautifully again to just park in behind this favourite and potentially follow it wherever it goes. La Creek, it's so hard to ignore. Um, 
just the J-Mac factor in itself is enough of a tell if you're just a casual punter. Um, all the points that you mentioned before, like previous win, five lengths, and this horse really hits the line. It's a genuine race horse, so massive respect to it. I'm definitely going to be having a, a fair play on Lark Creek. want to mention a few in behind. So first of all, Daisies. Mm. I'm not with this horse. I'm going to be having something small on it. want to say Frosty has come off this horse after its last start, seventh, and said that he thinks that it needs to have blinkers applied. It's never had blinkers applied before. But then, interesting enough, he rides Polissi Palm in the, in the yeah. race. So, here's your suggestion, and I'm going to ride something else. So, maybe he's giving false information. But Daisy's second up win was really, really good. A little bit of a flat run last time in. Wouldn't be surprised to see her do something interesting. Belle Plazier. Now, this horse has gone from... Sandown, Eagle Farm, Morfordville, Caulfield, Randwick. You know what they're doing? They're chasing rain. Right. That's what they're doing with okay. this horse. She's won six races, three on soft ground, two on heavy. Mm-hmm. So there's no question that they know that this horse just goes well on wet affected tracks. $21 at the moment. And I thought it was a really, really nice on the weekend. And that was in behind Promise of Success and Electric Girl. Yep. Nice late sectionals. I think that the horse is over the odds at $5.50 the place for sure. Right. Can I just add something in, Ned? I know we've spent a bit of time on this race. Hinged. I know they've accepted for the Golden Eagle. Which They're going to the Golden Eagle. I know. It's confirmed. I know. I know. It's confirmed. She's scratched from this already. They've accepted for the Golden Eagle. She was a huge chance in this race. The rain was coming, staying at the mole. Huge chance. Massive chip. Like, she's got animo form coming into the a fucking weak Empire Rose. Anyway. There's only one thing you can say, and we've mentioned it before. It's always the cash. Congratulations, Peter Villandis. Well yep. done. It's crap. Cash. Final race of the day. Step in time if you're still upright. <laughs> 1,100 metres of the Furphy Sprint. This was one of my biggest wins I've ever had in this race. Right. I was a young pup. I was only 18. It was my... or well, maybe 19. I might be 19. 23 now. Yeah, 19 or 20. Osborne Bulls ran in this race after mm. running a slashing third oh. in the Everest. They gave us $3 on the day. I said to my dad's mate, I said, this is the bet on the card. He looked at me like, shut up, kid. What would you know? Oh, you they just, still you, tell us that. They do say shut up, kid. But guess what? Have a listen. <laughs> you know. 1,100 metres, it's the Furphy Sprint. As four as top of the market for Johnny Allen and Henry Dwyer. $3, Zapateo, William Buick finds the ride here from gate 17, it's eights. Juan Diva, 950, then you got double figures. So Written Beauty and Najmati both find 11s. Isotope, 15s with Rose Quartz at 16s. Shellstar, obviously a pretty good run the other week when we sort of tipped the Quinella with a very fine red and her. For sure. $18. Enchanted Heart is 19s with Varanskova is 19s. He's that's a mouthful. We mentioned that horse, a very fine red is 20s. Mm. Belucci Babe, 35s with Sneaky Page and a couple more down the bottom. This race is absolutely packed to the shit out yep, for yep. a final race on the day. I think I it's a it's good only, race. It is a good race, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, for a closeout, I know we're whinging about that mile race getting moved over to next Saturday, but, look, I'm pretty happy with the quality we've got here, and you can't complain, can you? Like we, <laughs> I'm not going to whinge about it. No, like, we, we can sit here and, you know, mu- you know, whinge and fucking groan about <laughs> the, uh, one, one race, race. <laughs> one race getting moved, but we've got a, a nine-race card of exceptional quality. There's no fillers. There's no fucking midways or highways. Melbourne don't fuck around with that. For Juice is $81 in this race. And yeah, and she's a good horse. Nice horse. Asphora has drawn the inside. 
had too much speed for them over the thousand last time out, just burned them at Caulfield. She was massive. And a second again tip, I might add. Apre Lemur, Viviane, and Sneaky Page go forward with one Diva not too far away. Further out, you've got Shalstar and Serides, who are two more horses that can show a bit of speed as well. The rest sort of get back and find their spot from there. She's definitely the starting point. As for a good horse, won well last time out, gave them an absolute galloping lesson. The riding was on the wall. The market support was there, led them up and just booted away from them and was absolutely dominant in the end. The race rated quite well as well, figures-wise, so you've got to be happy with that going into this. I think the price is fair. Yep. So definitely the starting price there, uh, starting place there. I did think there was a bit of value though, Ned. And oh, I, don't we love a bit we, of value? We love a bit of value. We love a bit of value. But this is one of those races, capacity field again, where you can find a couple of horses to back, whether it be each way or just on the nose and hopefully get a result in the end. I think Isotope dropping back in class. I know it's been out of form, a little bit in between drinks as well, but Damien Lane booked in the last race the day stinks for me. Mm-hmm. Has been running in exceptional company over the last few. Drops well back in class here. A thousand metres at the Valley last time out. Absolutely run off her legs. That was not her go in the Moya. Comes back up to 1100. I'd still prefer her at 12, but I think 1100 with speed on up the straight at Flemington could emulate 1200 metres. So I'm pretty happy with that. She's got a beautiful middle barrier. Damien Lane's got plenty of options from there. I'll put my trust in him. And the other one I want to back as well is Jarley at mm, 70 to 1. You've got something about this horse. You like it. I thought it should have won last start. And I thought it probably had it should have won and had its chance to win the start before. So I'm looking at it as a horse that's airborne and still going really well. $70 is the wrong price. Which horse did it beat? Uh, it beat two starts back. Is is a sh- sneaky page? Is shorter in the market by about thirty dollars, and I can't work that out. Yeah. Jalay's at seventies. I think that's a definitely this little spec play, just as a saver in cases of boil over in the last. The horse got smashed into the fence last time at uh, Sydney, and once that happened, there was all momentum gone, and that was that meeting that got cancelled in Ramwick. That was I think it was four or five weeks ago now. Yeah. Bog track, ridiculous track. They shouldn't even been running on it, no, but even still. Cool. Even still, the horse should have won. Got smashed into the fence at the 300 and all momentum stopped. They've come here. That stinks for me. So, you know, got a nice little weight coming into this and I think it might be advantage going up the straight with that straight line speed. As for me, at this stage, gate two is the query because by race nine, we don't know what the fence is going to be doing. This horse might have to come to the middle of the track while everyone else is trying to get to the outside. It's just the unknown. I'm stepping in as for a... $3, $3, I think this horse is a genuine straight track horse. I know that sounds so weird, and I talk about having an eye when you're a punter, but this horse gives me the vibe of a horse that really wants the straight. I agree there's some quality in this race, but in terms of upside, this is the horse with all the upside. Yep. Well found in the market. I think $3 is the correct price. When I see Zapateo and Juan Deber as the next two favorites in the market, I just sort of scratch my head, and I think this is the one. I think Aspora is the one, and I think he can go on with it fourth up. Um, Najmati, if they're on top of the ground and the weather bureau is incorrect, horse flies first up, absolutely flies, and if they do get to a good track, don't be surprised if this horse runs a really good race, and it's drawn 12, so it's going to be on the non-questionable part of the track, Mm. Um, and how can I leave out a very fine red? Doing absolutely nothing wrong, wrong obviously came out and won when we tipped it a couple of weeks ago. Second again tip for the Quinella. Second. Um, 
can't leave it out at twenties, but I'm I'm pretty keen on as four, and I, I'm sure you respect the horse as well. Oh, absolutely! Like I say, that was the starting point for the race. I've got to have something on. I'm just more backing horses in the double figure odds, just in case there's a boil over. What a meeting we've got! It's Grand Final Day. We've been building towards this weekend for quite some time. Obviously, all, a lot of horses are prepping their runs, and and they're third and fourth up into this meeting. So it's just it's so exciting, and you're going to be there trackside, which is great. Hopefully, we can get some content from you as well for the meeting. We go to Rose Hill, mm. Golden Eagle Day. Guess what? This never used to happen. It used to just be all about Derby Day. They'd have their four Group Ones and their three Group Twos and their four Group Threes. But now we've got Golden Eagle Day at Rose Hill again for the third time this episode. Well done, Peter. Daddy Valandis. <laughs> Race six. We're going to do six, seven, and eight. It's a 2,000 meter event. It's called the Rose Hill Gold Cup. Top of the market with 54 kilos. We have quality time, $3.80. You love a bit of quality time. Yeah, absolutely, mate. We actually spend some nice quality time together. It's good fun, mate. It's not just about the podcast. It's just about seeing my mates sometimes. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> and then we've got the traveling horse. Bois Darjan. I had to say this horse's name a couple of times when I was going through it earlier this afternoon. Bois Darjan, and I could be wrong. $6.50. Honey Creeper is sevens there with Stockman at $7.50. This appears to be a trial run for Stockman, but we'll touch on that, I'm sure, in a moment. Star of India, 11s. Polly Gray, the wet tracker, is 12s. Yonkers, 12s as well. He's a shocker. $15 for pricing. Kent, Pinarello is 18s. Then we got another, we got a host of Waller runners here. Yeah. Lord Ardmore, too much to bear, and Cucaracha are all around that 30 to 1 mark. Kiss the Bride, Athabascan, Papalino, and Dashing Willoughby. Lord Ardmore and Quality Time, both for Waller, both in the same colours. Probably pair off and control this one. Dashing Willoughby, not too far away. Kiss the Bride for Bjorn Baker is close. Polly Gray, another Chris Waller one uh, Too much to bear. Pinarello, Yonkers are all not too far away as well. Jeez. Quality time was the starting point for me, Ned. I just think he's a horse that's on the up. A lot of these horses have exposed form and exposed quality. He's the one that you've got no question marks on around at 2,000. He's still able to maintain that turn of foot where a lot of these horses are just pluggers. They just stay as they get up and down, and they just bob up and down all the way through the straight. So most of these horses will just whack away. I don't think it's going to be wet enough for horses like Polly Gray and Stockman. And just on Stockman, he's already accepted for the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. So you'd have to look at this as a prep run. It's just him getting a, a basically a race day barrier trial for mine. Whether they're accepting or not, maybe you may know more than I do from that standpoint. It's pretty odd. Like, like when you actually look at it, He's got 59 and a half kilos. So this is going to, whether you like it or not, it's a blowout. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> The horse is getting a blowout. You've got Sam Clipperton on, so they've chosen a jockey that, I can't imagine they're just running around for a track gallop. Like, are yeah. they here to win or are they here to... It's an interesting one. And even if they were here to win, I don't know if it's wet enough for him anyway. He's definitely a mudlark and, you know, any more rain would bring him right into play here. I thought quality time was extremely hard to beat here, Ned. It's just going super, this prep. It's that horse that you know is on the up. The rest of these horses will just plug away. They'll just battle away. He's one that still has that turn of foot over 2,000 metres. He's won three on the trot from 1,600, gone up to 1,900 at Rose Hill a couple weeks back, and then won again in the Port Macquarie Cup. Did it easily on both occasions and was super well backed on both starts. How about gate one? Gate one's perfect. Tommy Berry on the lightweight of 54. A stayer that's on the up, Chris Waller, Tommy Berry. There's a lot to like. I just think he's a very, very likable character here. I'm going to have something on him. Um, and just a saber on uh, Honey Creeper, mm. who I think is still on the up. Only the third start for this prep. I thought it didn't have a whole lot of luck last time out. 
I think a drying track is a positive for it. And as a horse that I've had an opinion of in the past and has let me down, but I just think it's starting to come around as a more mature horse now. So I'm going to save on it, but the main bet definitely is quality time from the inside gate. Obviously, the really big question mark runner is this horse from overseas. Mm. He's running over in France, um, predominantly uh, long champ at saying here, and that, that's over 16 and 1,800 metres. A step up to 2,000 here first up, like, that has a bit of a stench about it. It looks like a mile horse to me as well. It seems but, weird to be coming first up into a 2,000 metre Rosehill Gold Cup. But just on its distance statistics, five starts for two wins, a second mm. and two thirds. So yet to miss the trifecta in five starts over the trip. Gets 54 kilos and Jamie Spencer as well. So just in saying this last 28 seconds, I've started to get a little bit nervous. Quality time. We love quality time, as mm. mentioned previously. Gate one. Perfect gate. $3.80 appears to be a really nice price for this horse. Gets 54 kilos. It's three wins on the bounce. Tommy Berry has a nice affiliation with the horse for Waller. Um, they literally took it up to Port Macquarie for a, for a track gallop. It was yep. $1.30 in the Port Mac Cup. That was just an easy kill. Yep. I think this appears a really good race for it. There is some quality in this race, but I think it's the horse on the up with some massive upside. Mm. Race 7. It's the Nature Strip. This is a new race. It's um, the, essentially the, the way that they go about the race is the winner of the year before um, of the Everest gets the name race. Um, the, the, ra- the race name named after them. So you would have seen Classique Legend and the likes be named after this race. It's over 1,300 metres. So it's a, it's a distance that we don't see that often in Australian Especially races. over the better horses as well. Like For in sure. the Group 1, Group 2 level, there's not many around. No, agree. Um, but geez, they've put together a quality field here. Um, I, I, it's a mini... Oh, I don't want to say it. It is a mini Everest. Mini Everest. I've seen that thrown around quite a bit. The shorts, Premier. I suppose we just, we're so used to everything leading into the Everest mm. that we just try and compare it so much. But there is some absolutely quality horses in this, and you'll hear that with your market order. It's over 1300 lost and running, been well found. It's $3 into $2.60 here for Bowman and O'Shea after obviously a hiccup leading into the Everest where he was a second favourite and a rock-solid second favourite there. He's two sixty here. Marzu, $4.40. Private I-5s, Eduardo, $7.50. Mars Crusaders, 11 So there's your there's your Everest runners and Kemitari I'll mention in a moment. We own a smart one. Pikey, David Van Dyke, they're attacking this meeting a little bit. Is $17.00. Kementari 34s with rocketing by, obviously causing the upset a couple of weeks ago, which I'm absolutely sick about, but we won't mention that anymore. No. 34s. Brutality 67, Riadini, Colding, and Shelby 66 is there at 200s. Pretty good speed engage for a 1300 event. Eduardo drawn wide, they have to go forward. We own a smart one, has shown speed as well. May not be up to these class-wise, but you'd expect them to show a bit of toe. Lost and running drawn perfectly, as it tends to do, to be honest. God, this... Horse draws well. Good luck. Very good luck with this horse, What's isn't that it? About? So maybe maybe we're just trying to work around it. I know that you've got a very big opinion of it, as do I. Riadini always shows speed for Waterhouse and Marzu's drawn the pole. You'd think they'd have to use that. Yep. I would even anticipate them to be aggressive. Now, they're up to 1,300 metres now, so why would you find cover from gate one? You'd go forward and inject a bit of speed in. Shelby 66, Coldy, not too far away. Pretty good race, this, I thought. It's, oh, it's a super race. You know, like, it's a $3 million race. You've got a number of horses backing up from the Everest. One that missed the start in the Everest due to, a, I think it was a skin condition or something along those lines. Lost and running. He's definitely the starting point. Rock hard in the market, $2.60. 
they've left you no favours as far as the price goes with him, even with that setback in his prep. He's now four weeks in between runs after that very good win in the Premier, ran over the top top of Mazu Mm -hmm. that day and did get the gun run, but was still too good. And I was of the opinion that he was going to progress and elevate further into the Everest, being the grand final. You'd have to see if it if that setback, that four weeks in between runs now was just setting back. I know he's had a trial in between runs, but is he able to pick himself up again and peak for this? That's the big question. It's a massive query. Massive question, and are you going to take $2.60 just based on the class of that horse? But if you've got faith in John O'Shea, if he's a trainer that you're back and you love Hugh Bowman, I can't steer you away. I'm going to be moving some furniture around. I can feel the room just building tension as you build towards this horse. I, I had a very good piece of it to place in the Everest. Started around the $14, $15 mark. Good push on the podcast too. Absolutely so. stupid price it was. And it ended up being $3.50 or three sixty dollars the place. Mm. So don't get me wrong, Ned. I made money on the horse in that race. Yeah. I still had a sour taste in my mouth. Why is that? When you identify a horse in a feature in one of the best races on the year, when you identify a horse that nobody else wants to back, and it's $15, and you just get pipped over the last 50. I'm looking at the photo finish now. He's only a quarter of a length behind the unbeaten three-year-old with no weight. And I dare say, if he was behind Giggy Kick, he probably gets him. Correct, and I feel sick about it. Sorry. Up to 1300 now, and we're talking about private eye. Can I just establish, we're talking about private eye, Yeah. right? And we're not getting $15 this week, don't get me wrong, we're getting $5. I'm moving some furniture around, wow. okay? Drying track is perfect for him. 1300 is absolutely perfect. Like I said before the Everest, he's a horse that's won over the mile. Epsom winner at 1600, absolutely no question marks. The only negative I can find is barrier 12. Oh. That's the only thing I can find. They've got two options of Duller and Joe Pride here. They either follow Eduardo across and risk being three wide on a, mm-hmm. on a hot speed or just go all the way back to last. I think they'll go back to last. If they go back to last, probably a negative. They're probably sitting there with Mars Crusader and waiting for their runs to be timed. But yeah. I think in either case, he's a $5 chance. I've got no problems with the price at all. I'll be taking it. Even if he's three wide at 1300 I still think he's going to be fine because he's a horse that gets all the way up to the mile. I'm backing up here. I'm coming back to get my collect on Private Eye, paying huge respect to Lost and Running and Mazu. But for me, this is still the best horse in the race, and I think he's going to belt them. Big respect to Private Eye. Obviously, a super run in the Everest, and his win prior to that by three lengths at Flemington was just breathtaking, really. And it's what got him a slot. Um, if there was a horse in this race that suits 1,300 metres, it is Private Eye. Had he drawn a nicer gate, I might have been more keen, but he also might not have got $5 as well. So yep. it sort of goes hand in hand. But lost and running the starting point for sure. Albeit he's missed a run in the preparation. Obviously his big grand final was going to be the Everest. But he's had a nice trial in between runs. Um, he, he got ruled out of the race with a skin condition. Ruled out of the race. He's had a trial between. It was a nice trial. I think he's going to be fine leading into this. I'm not too worried about the hiccup there. I think he's the win bet. Mm. Making mention to Marzu, his fourth up record is two from two, one of those being a Stradbroke. Um, so there's no question as to where he's going to be in terms of his preparation, and he appears to get a really nice run from gate one. I'm going to mention one at odds. This horse is probably not up to these horses over 1,300 or less. Does it start with a B? It does start with a B. Do I... Did I give something away? Yeah, well, I have half an opinion as well in this race as well. If this was a soft six or more, I'd be... This place bet is phenomenal, $11. It looks like we're going to get a good four, maybe a soft five. Probably probably a good four, let's be realistic. The sun's out, it's been beautiful. 
Brutality. This horse, in its last two runs, has done absolutely nothing until its final 300 metres, where in both races it's run the fastest last 200, and on both, both occasions it's been in the top three finishes for 200 metres yep. on the whole day. And another horse with mile form as well. So the 1300 step up is absolutely an advantage for him. Yes, drying track is probably a negative, but you have to respect him at 70 to 1. This horse is the wrong odds. I agree. Well, I can see that there's some serious quality in this race. I don't understand why they keep bringing this horse to this sort of quality. Maybe he's just out handicapped in other races, but 67 and 11, I think you can get 81 on other vetting agencies. Um, definitely a place play, but lost their money for me. I, I just think he's going to win. Mm. I really do. Mm. Race 8, it's the final race that we are going to cover, and it's the $10 million Golden Eagle. How about that? Golden Bang. Rose isn't enough. Everest, just, Everest, couple of weeks ago, fifteen mil. Ten, he's ten mil two weeks later. Just for people that are interested out there, so the the Golden Eagle, there's a few things that are attached to it. It's four year olds only. It's run under set weights and penalties. Now the reason they've decided to bring this race in, a lot of our colts, um, our superstar colts, and we've seen with the Autumn Sun, um, in his three year old year, he was obviously a superstar and shaping up to be one of the best horses. We'd seen on Australian soil, he was an absolute bull. Once these precious crown jewels of these three-year-olds, once they win a few races, it's just the breeding barn starts licking their lips. Yeah, it's over. And the risk of running running horses in racing, it's just too much. The idea of this race is to have the horses race until four years old, come and have a crack at $10 million. Mm. That's the idea. So yeah, if, you're wonder, if you're wondering what the purpose of the race is, it's that. If you go on to win the Golden Slipper, the Golden Rose, and the Golden Eagle, I think they call it the Golden Path, there's a seriously nice bonus for you as well. So there's a lot of incentives. For the number four, for time number four on this episode, well done, Peter. <laughs> it's over 1,500 metres. They have packed out this field. There's rumours going around that they're messaging the Newcastle um, track curators up there to see if they can get some extra barriers down to the track. There's 28,000 runners in this race, and I've look, heard that I've heard they're expanding the the turf track out to James Roos Drive. <laughs> One horse is going to be jumping from the grandstand. Anyway, light infantry comes from overseas, and look, when there's a horse as we've mentioned that comes from overseas and well found in the market, respect is huge. Jamie Spencer for Kiramaro, David Eustace, three dollars forty. Chain of Lightning coming up from Melbourne off a nice soft win on. Two weeks ago is $6. Then we got double figures, so we got some nice prices about horses if you do like one. In the Congo, $11. I wish I win 11s after running around an odds-on favourite in the Turak. Hinged, we believe she's coming here. She is dual accepted in Melbourne, or has it been, it's been scratched, hasn't she's it? She's gone. Okay, so Hinged is here. Draws gate 20. The thinking, I said 10 million. There you go. That's the answer to every Probably question thinking. in this race. Yeah. Gypsy Goddess, very interesting runner, $17. Villainer from the car park is 19s. Well, Wall, another interesting runner from overseas, 20s for Waller. Fangirls, 20s with Overpass and Mr. Mozart at 26, as well as Cardinal Gem. Kiss Sum is an emergency at 34s with Pinstriped at 41s. Hope in your hearts there at 41s, as well as Converge and Military Expert at 70s. Lady of Honor, Jimmy the Bear at $81. Halal, Lavish Girl, they're 100s. Flying Crazy, Lightsaber 201s, and Jackson, have you got a pillow? Because I think I might have had a stroke halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Flindell, good luck, mate. Oh, All the goodness. best. I am, I'm 
little bit lightheaded. Have there. another scotch, mate. Will do. In the Congo up in trip, uh, drawn towards the inside. Even though up in trip and probably not advantaged up to the 1500, they're still probably going to go forward and use that barrier. Lavish girl, Lady of Honor, not too far away. Military, military expert for Nisham is usually positive. Hinge drawn well out. I just, I, I still haven't worked out outside of the money that if you look at this race itself, why have they accepted here when they've drawn it's funny that 20? We, it's, it's funny that we say outside of the money. Yeah, there's, not, there's nothing. There's, outside like, of the money, why are you even bothering, <laughs> I guess? So fair enough. And as an owner, I can understand that. But look, Hinge drawn 20 probably shows pace as well. Mr. Mozart, Villain drawn the two widest barriers, mm-hmm. two more speed influences that can't be too far away as well. I keep looking at this race, Ned. It's an absolute nightmare. There's too many question marks. Some horses turn up here first up, like Light, Inf- Light Infantry and Gypsy Goddess are a couple that turn up first up that have a lot of interest. Realistically, it's probably a no bet for me. I'm just going to sit back and take interest from a neutral As standpoint. if you're not going to have a bet. Depends where I'm at the day. Talking about neutral standpoint. Depends on how many ocean furfies I've had. <laughs> <laughs> and how far in front or behind I need to catch up. I'm just going to stand on a neutral standpoint. On Thursday night, I sit here and I look at this race and I go, too many form lines, too many question marks. You're right. You're Is right. this light infantry for Kiriman Eustace going to blow them away? Mm-hmm. Does it come here? Does it sit back? Does it sit second last, third last, come around them and just bomb them? It can. Can you do that at Rose Hill on Saturday? That's the question. Mm. Is the track pattern going to allow for that? Because we're going to get a good track. Rose Hill's normally towards the front, but you normally can make up ground. But if you're going to sit last in a twenty, you know, seven horse field, you're probably not going to get your get your chance to win. Yeah. I'm staying well out, Ned. I wish I win was another one that was interested around ten dollars or thereabouts. I thought he was a forgive last time out. Just got too far back and probably doesn't have to settle that far back this time. Can follow a couple of those speed influences across and maybe get fifth or sixth in running and can be a good chance. Light infantry, just for those listening in, I think this is a super, super, super chance in this race. Um, obviously, really well found at three dollars forty, and in a capacity field, three dollars forty. It's really a dollar ninety shot if you want to break it down. Like it's, they're basically saying this horse wins with even luck at yep. three dollars in this field. Yeah. Um, Mar and Eustace have come out and said that if we were to rank our horses at the moment, this horse would be straight away in our top three, um, which is just massive wraps when you consider what sort of stable they have. If the Golden Eagle wasn't worth $10 million, they would have run him in the Cox Plate. But unfortunately, as we mentioned previously for the fifth time, thank you, Peter. Light infantry's there. I'm going to be having something and staying on side. I wish I would win. A couple of weeks ago, was a $4.50 favourite in this race. I can't understand the drift. Was back in running at Caulfield. Um, that was in the Turak. Obviously comes back to his own age group now as well. I think it's going to be really suited. I think $11 is a good price. $3 for the place. It appears to be the, the, the end goal and the grand final for the horse. And I want to make mention, <laughs> they have put up $101 for Military Expert. Yep. They're getting good ground on the weekend. You know what Military Expert likes? What's he like, Jackson? Ground, mate. He likes some really nice ground. This horse ran third in a two-rack. Beat I Wish I Win home, and that was on a good deck. What price is I Wish I Win? 11s. Yep. What price is Military Expert? 101. Yep. I just can't comprehend it. I've been lucky enough to take a nice price. I don't think he's starting $71. No. I just, I just don't no. see... I see him halving the quote. And he's a horse that we've pushed many times before, but he just seems to run into those races where he, there's a lot of speed engaged. I actually think, compared to his previous starts, where he's had Buffalo River, uh, Gentleman Roy thereabouts around him, there's not as much speed. I know in the Congo has speed, but it it's up to 1,500, so he might be able to just come across it or sit outside and bully it. For sure, for sure. I think it's a really intriguing race. We should make mention, 
to Gypsy Goddess. Oh. <laughs> this is this is the boogie. This is this, the is, this is the boogie, the woman. boogie woman. The boogie woman. The boogie man, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> the boogie man. First up, Jesus. Only goal for the preparation. Uh. The horse didn't miss a placing last preparation during an Oaks prep. Yeah. Gypsy Goddess finds Willie Pike would have been booked in March 2007 for this horse before it was foaled. Yep. Before its mother was foaled. Yep. David Van Dyke brings it down for a $10 million target. Mm. I smell something, Ned. Oh, and I it smell ain't something. The, it ain't the shit that you dropped a couple of no, minutes ago. No, well, my shit starts stink. Really? But, yeah, but Gypsy Goddess, mate, like that that horse absolutely stinks. You look back to last prep, three and a half length win over, over 1,600 first up. Oh, like absolutely stinks and I know it went on to a trip and got that Oaks trip in the end where it got the kill it's a horse that definitely has class Willie Pike's book Queensland trainers come down identified the race fuck me dead scary you know what else is scary we've walked through the races I'm so excited for these races and they're still yet to be run um, look if you're having a having a hit on the weekend hopefully we've given you a nice insight into a few runners we've covered nearly 12 races on the weekend as well so Step in. If you're at the track on the weekend, come and say day if you see us out there, either Flemington or Rose Hill. As we always do, what an opportunity to go through our best bets for the cards. Yep. Do you have a best bet outside of what we've covered, or do you have one that's inside the ones we've covered? No, it's Lark Creek. It's Lark it's Creek, yeah. That, I, I don't even know if that's how you say it, but I don't care, because what, how it's spelled will be in my bet slip, uh, and there'll be some figures next to it. So, Lark Creek, step in. La Croquet for Jackson is the best bet. Um, mine is race one, Pungo. This horse just, I'm all over it. I'm, I love the way that Waller brings his horse into the race. I think he was probably hoping he'd get, get a better price than $3.40, but the agencies mm. have caught on pretty quick. Yeah. Um, this is the way that they go about these runners. I just love the preparation of holding them off for the big spring races. Keep them for the autumn. This is a kill for it. Yeah. Um, now, on the weekend, on the weekend... You did something for me at about 7 o'clock at night. Okay. You did something for me. Yep. What you did is... Oh, I had a pretty good day on the punt. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I had a reasonably good day. Yeah, yeah. As would most of our listeners. But there's a difference between a good and a great day. <laughs> what I'm talking about here is the gap between sort of 5.18 and 7.12... There's a two-hour gap there where you've got to get some protein and some carbohydrates yep. and maybe even a glass of water just to keep yourself, as we say, upright. Mm. But there's something that occurs at around that 7.12 mark, something special, something magnificent. Mm-hmm. It's called the Best Western. Now, like I say earlier in the episode, we've got chips to play with this week, Ned. Back at Ascot, back to the scene of the crime. We're back at the 1,000-metre trip. So I seem to have success. I'm not going to lie, around the 1,000 metres at Ascot, so hopefully it's a recipe for success here. Race three, number three, all show. Was the best Western tip, I think it was two weeks ago now, absolutely luckless, the most big, <laughs> the biggest murder job you've ever seen on a horse. Should have won, eased down, you know, you couldn't have had more money on it, the 400, but the poor bugger just couldn't get out. Yep. The jockey has stayed on, Sean O'Donnell. He's not the best over there, but it's a... <laughs> This time, it's a five-horse field. Okay. Stay on board. Just make whoever's strapping the horse, strap it properly. Don't do anything special. Sean O'Donnell, sit on this horse and stay on board. I'm not I'm not out there saying, oh, the horse is, is $3.40 or $3.50. It's $1.90. Sean O'Donnell needs to stay aboard this thing, Ned. 
Stays at the 1,000 metres. Should have won ease down last time out. I was still even keen on it before that. I was super keen. The 1,000 metre absolute specialist from a 10-horse field where it got absolutely no luck back to a 5-horse field. There's going to be no speed on. He'll camp just behind the leader or potentially sit outside the leader and just boot away from them. Ascot's been playing leaderish, so or, or I should leader-ish. just say leaders. I should just say leaders. I hate that word. But it's a leaders, it's a leaders field, so they'll just go either outside the lead or box seat. They'll peel off them and be too good. Race three, uh, what time is this? 6.48. So, perfect. That's perfect, the time mate. we talk about. Perfect, that. perfect. Oh, actually, it's fucking 4.48. There we go. They're, they're, oh. they're on earlier this week. Our 24-hour time is not great. Daylight savings. My 20, yeah, 28. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, all show, race three, number three, it's cash. There's the best Western, and we have just previewed three group ones along with plenty of other races. We've done the entire card at Flemington, yep. as well as the Golden Eagle, the $10 million Golden Eagle at Rose Hill. Jackson, enjoy your weekend, brother. I yep. hope it's a great time down there at Melbourne, and you guys find a few kills. Um, I'm going to be lapping it up in Sydney as well, not as lavish as yourself. But, mate, as always, been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Enjoy.